Home is a member of the Boing Boing Podcast Network. For more information, visit boingboingpodcasts.com. And to learn more about this show, visit homestories.la. Here are a few things you should know about me. I never went through that backpacking through Europe stage. I've never couch surfed or stayed in a hostel. I've never stayed in a B&B. In fact, I have a particular dread of waking up in a place where there were teddy bears on the mantelpiece. Those dead, glassy eyes staring at you. Not for me. What I like is... Hey, bellboy. I like a nice, impersonal hotel. Hey, bellboy. A room with a door I can close to leave the world behind. Hey, bellboy. A little cube in which I can safely park my stuff and myself for a short period of time. Put me in a good hotel and I'm a happy person. I tell you this not because there's any reason you should care, but because it sets the context for this week's story. And that context is, I am the least likely person in the world to be impressed by a millennial-era take on the old concept of the youth hostel. But sometimes you get taken by surprise. That's what this week's story is about, more or less. It's about a place, actually a connected network of places, that provides some of the comforts of home for people on the road or in transition. And it's about the way a true believer and her unstoppable enthusiasm for her idea can turn you around. This is Home, Stories from L.A. I'm Bill Barol. I love to go a-wandering along the mountains. My name is Alvina Beck, and I am the founder and CEO of Podshare. Alvina's 31. She and her family emigrated to the U.S. from Russia when she was five. They lived with another family for a while. She went to summer camp and on to college. So she had experience with all sorts of communal ways of living. Plus, there was that whole Russian thing. Where, you know, communism. By 2012, she was a poli-sci grad from Pepperdine, and she had an interest in the way people come together to share experiences and create stories. And then I thought to myself, how come in America, when we travel, we choose or are only given the choice of expensive solitary hotel rooms instead of these sharing experiences. Dormitory-esque, slumber party-esque, familial, friendly, insta-friends type of environments. Why isn't anybody creating these kind of environments, decorating them in a very comfortable, non-corporate plastic way, calling it home, away from home? And I thought, well, why don't I do it? She had a notion to take bits from here and there, from dorm life, hostel life, camp life, and turn them into something new, a social network with a physical address. So she found a work-live space near Hollywood and Vine. It was 1,200 square feet with 14-foot ceilings. She talked her way into the lease and roughed out an idea for a dorm-like space with stacked bunk beds. Now she had a couple of problems. She needed to engineer a way past people's preconceptions of what bunk beds are and how they function. 
when you ex- change out a new experience, you create a new experience, you have to also kind of redefine the lexicon, redefine the design. And so you can't take a bunk bed and say, you know what, I'm going to create a whole new experience with bunk beds. I mean, you think bunk beds, children, you think, you, you don't think adults sleep in bunk beds. So that was the first thing that needed a redesign. That one turned out to be pretty easy. All she needed to do was take out the ladders, swap in some nice sturdy stairs, build in some storage and add power and flat screen TVs. And then it needed a new name because it was no longer a bunk bed. It was the redesign of a bunk bed. It's a pod. Peas in a pod. iPod holds a lot of music. It's compact, mobile. I thought it was a, I was a pod. And then what do you do with that pod? You share it. It's economical. It makes you feel good to be social. You're not alone anymore, especially at that, you know, traveling by yourself. So pod share. It sounded like the most obvious and in 2012, in, in the market, it wasn't anywhere. It sounded like most obvious. And then it became the most adaptable form of travel. Now, I know what you're thinking. They've had pod hotels, also called capsule hotels, in Japan since the late 1970s. They're glorified dog kennels, more or less. Huge rooms crammed with dozens of tiny private spaces where drunk salarymen can sleep it off in town without having to get on trains and go home overnight. But you can forgive Elvina for glossing over the provenance of the name, because what she had in mind wasn't that. What she had in mind was something different. Open by design, communitarian in spirit. And not for drunk salarymen. I knew I was building something for me. So who was it for? Was it for the Elvinas and the Elvinos of the world, right? It's the mailing, the Joes and Janes, the guys who go outside. Like, they're not the people that want to be on the 15th floor, right? Again, just for the record, that would be me. Those are the ones that pay high prices to be by themselves. They're the ones that are like going outside for a cigarette, right? Walking their bicycle right out, in and out points. And the 40 to 50 bucks a night range is something I could afford back in my 20s and even now. It's something I'd be very comfortable affording if I trusted the brand because the single most important thing in the share economy is trust, right? You get in someone's car, you go into someone's home, it's trust. Now, I'm going to stop her there. And as you're probably starting to grasp... Stopping Elvina in mid-thought is not always an easy thing to do. Her belief in her idea is a powerful thing. But there's more than just zeal there. She was able, back in 2012, to bring to bear a couple of sharp insights about her target demographic. One is, and you heard a piece of it there, the audience she wanted is interested more in access than in ownership. You can find the slogan plastered all over Podshare's website today. What did she mean by that? She meant that when it comes to younger consumers... Well, take cars, for example. The idea of like car companies reaching out to marketers to grab the attention of millennials right now because no one's buying cars. They're just using Lyft and Uber. And now for the first time, you know, in the last year, they've introduced what car sharing really should be. Sharing part, which is not you and someone who wants to make an extra buck on their vehicle, which I totally promote. But it's also you jumping into a car with other people to share on saving the cost of that ride, sharing on the environmental impact of that ride. That is true sharing, car sharing when the Uber pool or Lyft line is what it should have been, and I'm glad that it is, from the get-go. And then TaskRabbit, or the rise of the freelance economy, and people having access to, like I said, software, like Adobe went on the cloud. Remember we used to have CS6? You have a disk, you download that disk, now you you have the whole suite online. 
You know, and same thing with music. We MP3s with Napster was a huge generational overtake. It was like this underground world that everybody had access to now, and and the all the whole music industry was flipped upside down by the who's profiting where anymore idea. Now live music is great again, you know, because artists make music live and they get paid for it instead of off of their music that should be free for all. And Creative Commons came out right, and the idea of a B Corp, um, and just these ideas of accessibility affordability right because affordability is accessibility if you make it affordable more people can enjoy it try it and try it is the most important thing there because it again opens up our senses and creates ideas upon ideas it's like an open source code there's an argument here by the way and i suspect elvina isn't going to bring me around to her point of view on it about whether people who create content should be recompensed for it but that's for another time so there was one insight access not ownership Another was that people in her age cohort would rather put their money toward experiences than privacy. Here again, I'm not the target audience for this kind of thinking. There's a joke about an old guy who goes to a doctor and he says, Doctor, I I can't pee. The doctor says, how old are you? Guy says, I'm 96. Doctor says, you peed enough. In this construct, I'm the old guy. I've experienced, well, not enough, certainly, but plenty. My store of experience is deep. So what I want when I travel, at least as much as experience, is creature comforts and privacy. This may be simply a generational thing. It certainly was for Elvina and her father when she tried the idea out on him for an open, unobstructed group living space. I told him, you know, what I told you, I said, Dad, I think, I think millennials, people my age, we want to save, be centrally located, and spend more on experiences than a place to stay. And I don't, I think we'd, we want to give up privacy for that. And my dad said, you're crazy. Like, when people leave their homes, whether it's with their parents, or with their loved ones, or with the, by themselves, they want to be in private places by themselves. And I said, Dad, you're wrong. Like, that's an old school mentality. I think the new generation wants to share. And he's, he's like, look, I, I think, because I, I was investing my savings into this, and he's like, I think you're, I think you're making a mistake. I think you're being foolish. And I said, and I said, Dad, just, just help me because he has a, he's a carpenter and he knows how to build. I said, just, just please, for once, just don't give me your opinion. Just give me your hands and your engineering mind and help me come up with this thing. And he said, fine. So she flew him out from New Jersey and they started to build. The openness of the accommodations wasn't just a philosophical thing. It was real. It was literal. And there was a very practical reason for it. We always wanted to build PodShare in a space that you always face each other. And by writing your name, you take accountability. So I was telling you earlier, if someone is in their pod, you have anything from like four to six eyeballs on you at any given point, you know, if they so chose to look in that direction. If you're doing something that's seedy, you have a lot of people being like, yo, Bill, stop. The first PodShare opened its doors in Hollywood in January 2012. Elvina remembers that line from Field of Dreams being stuck in her head. Will they come? I don't know. But then we opened our doors. It was about, it was end of January of 2012 that we opened our doors. And at the time, I was, I had a website and I was put it up on the web. But of course, you're competing against so many other businesses. And short-term rentals in 2012 was just becoming a thing. You know, we got VRBO that I was on, Airbnb I was now on. And so it was just becoming a thing. But at 40 bucks a night, 10 pods with their flat screens, LED nightlights, personal outlets, they were booking. They came. And they kept coming. And my dad looked at me and he's like, okay. 
I think I was wrong. And that's a hard thing to hear him say. And he says, I think you're right. I think you're on to something. And one year passes and I'm like, dad, I'm at 92.3% occupancy rate. And he's like, wow, year two. 94% occupancy is like, wow, year three, 94% occupancy is like, okay, you're just like doing amazing things. Go and build more of these. So she did. There's now a second pod share in the downtown arts district with a third slated to open in Los Feliz in July. Buy a night in one and you get a day pass to the others. Elvina calls this outsourcing housing to the cloud. I visited the downtown location on a Monday in early June. It's a big square space, high ceilinged, with tiers of platform beds, or what Elvina calls pods, stacked double height. So instead of the 40, so the twin size are 40 bucks a night or 250 a week, but the queen size are 60 bucks a night. And obviously they sleep too, or people who are too tall, or this direction big, you know, whatever, the, whatever people want, they can, up, they can choose the baller status one. I don't know. But this is kind of how they live. I guess this is how they would live at home. So this is how they, I mean, they're not neat. <laughs> Most people are not neat, especially the longer term that they stay. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, they don't live in their suitcases. They live outside of their suitcases sometimes. <laughs> a guy named Emerson Dameron is one of the location's longer-term guests, relatively speaking. He's been there a couple of months. He grew up in L.A., moved to Chicago for work, couldn't stand the winters, so he came home. He bounced around a little bit, and then he spotted Podshare, on Airbnb. Uh, I was total blind luck. <laughs> Frankly, I was desperate uh, and I was combing through the listings and I saw this and it looked different. It looked really interesting. Uh, I'd been staying in hostels for a bit, which can be fun for a while, but at this point in my life, I don't really want people playing beer pong next to my head at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, so this is a kind of a happy medium. It's that self-policing business. It seems to work. There are rules, most prominently among them, you guessed it, no pod sex. But for the most part, pod shares run on a social compact, a sense of responsibility that is, in the most real and immediate way, a shared thing. A guy was talking really early on his cell phone one morning, and I said, you went out with these people last night. They're sleeping around you right now. Don't you have any understanding of, like, of like how, you know, how much you could be disturbing them? And the guy was like, oh. Elvina shows me around some more. There are snacks, showers, toilets, a communal workspace, reliable Wi-Fi. One thing I can't help but notice, it's the middle of the afternoon, and the place is almost fully booked, but it's empty. Currently three o'clock and from the time of like 11 until the time of about seven, this place is pretty vacant. People are out exploring, they're at their jobs, they're at their internships, they're looking for apartments. Like the place isn't really full of people staying at home. The idea is to go out and explore and spend out there because you've saved here. And that reaching out into the community, those thousand tiny points of contact. Now you're getting close to the heart of the whole thing. The idea of co is collaborate, coexist. And how do you collaborate and coexist with the door? It's only when you're ready to. Here, I'm not saying you're forced to, but you do have a higher rate of collisions. And that is defined by Tony Shao, uh, the CEO of Zappos, as the rate at which you make eye contact with somebody. You say, hey, in the hallway, you grab a latte or open a door for somebody and they say, thank you. Because for example, if you made a coffee in your apartment and then you just went to work in your car, the collision rate would be so much lower than if you walk downstairs, open the door to your local coffee shop, order 
delivered from the barista, walked back outside. And so the rate of collision at Podshare, the true co-living brand, is very high. And so you come here to actually coexist. With rooms, I argue that's hard. Look, Elvina's an entrepreneur. She peppers her talk with references to minimum viable products and return on investment. She likes marketing speak. Even Emerson rolls his eyes a little when I ask him about the way Elvina calls guests pedestrians. But, and this is the thing, she's also a true believer, I think. It's tempting to be cynical about people like her. Snark is the easiest thing in the world, and enthusiasm is fish in a barrel. But isn't it enthusiasts who change the world? Even if it's one night at a time. Once you realize that, that people in the space are identifiably like yourself in whatever point, and identifiably by, uh, like yourself doesn't mean like age group, sex, um, occupation. It just, it just means that they have a vibe about them that is not threatening. I think that's just, just identifiable as like, you are not a threat, they are not a threat to you. You can coexist in a collaborative co-living space. That's a lot of co's for you there, but there you have it. 